The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Creature Feature production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Minipod... I'm your host of Many Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show, we are looking at animals that are peeled right off of the page of a Lisa Frank notebook. These are animals that you would not expect to be so vibrantly rainbow-colored hued, uh, and yet they are. Uh, so we will talk about pink dolphins, multicolored primates, even a squirrel and a pigeon, which you would not expect to be so very Lisa Frank. Uh, discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, why is it important to have a rainbow butt? Joining me today is friend of the podcast, also friend of me, Katie, and all-around awesome person, producer at iHeartRadio. You know her, you love her, Joelle. Welcome! Hey, how's it going? I'm so excited to talk Lisa Frank. Were you a big uh, Lisa Frank fan back in the day? Yeah, okay. So the way we Lisa Frank folders, binders, trapper keepers uh, were a premium, right? Yeah. Like they were not cheap. So my mom would let me get like two Lisa Frank things. So she was like, you got to get these regular 99 cent folders. But if you want one Lisa Frank folder... And a trapper keeper or two Lisa Frank folders. Like you could have two things maximum. And I coveted them so bad. I typically went with a dolphin or a snow leopard mm -hmm. uh, as they were top tier animals choice. and yeah. also super cute to look at. But yeah, I mean, adorable animals, cute psychedelic backgrounds, very my lane as a child. And, you know, to be fair to today, still love me some Lisa <laughs> Frank. They are very cool. How about I you? Were you a Lisa Frank kid? I never actually bought the stuff so much. I, I don't know why. Uh, I think I just, it never occurred to me that I could do such a thing, but I would passively stare at other kids' binders that had the Lisa Frank uh, designs on them. I might have gotten like one or two things over the years. I don't really remember, but I remember just kind of like the them making me hungry because everything looks like it was made out of candy or something 
It was just so. <laughs> That's totally fair. It was so. It was so. They were just so glossy and edible looking. I also just. I, I thought. I think I found it very strange as a kid. This idea of like mammals being brightly colored, because you know you're used to like maybe fish, uh, and even birds being brightly colored, but like mammals, it was a, it was a weird concept for there to be a rainbow colored, like. Uh, leopard or dolphin. It, it it was not um as you might say logical. It's very illogical yeah. coloring. But I think that's sort of what I loved about it. There's a like hyper realism fantasy sort of element happening where why not a tie dye cheetah? Yeah. Uh, here unicorns are very real and they're gorgeous. I like that her unicorns were white, but it was their tails and their manes that were like tie dye. Yeah. Super bright colors. I just think it's fun to look at and pretend you're in a world where there are mega waterfalls and aliens driving like uh, what do you call those punch buggies? <laughs> Everything about Lisa Frank's world was just. Gorgeous and peaceful and uh, exuberantly vibrant. And I, I appreciate that to this day. Yeah, I think it's a really lovely art style. I I think I when I was a kid back in the 90s, I feel like girls in terms of sort of being classified into like animal obsessives were either mm -hmm. super into horses or super into dolphins. I don't know why that yes. happened, but... That like when I was a kid, it was you were either in horse camp or dolphin camp. Um, I personally yeah, you was had obsessed to choose, with couldn't be in both. You, no, you had to either be a horse girl or a dolphin girl. I was like into cats because I had a cat, uh, but I felt like yeah. horses and dolphins were like the thing, right? Like if you had a Barbie, you could get her a horse or you could get her a dolphin for some reason. I don't know why Barfie, Barbie could have a dolphin. Maybe it was Skipper who had a dolphin. It's, it, I think it had something to do with all of us wanting to be marine biologists. Mm -hmm. I don't know who planted this idea in children's heads, but for a while it was like you could be a horse girl lover and you wanted to sort of like work on a ranch and like live in the wild west and tame wild horses um black beauty was obviously a staple for many of us in our use whether it was the uh classic black beauty film or you're reading the novel i think it really cemented this idea of running away and and racing horses and then or you were marine biology camp and you're like i will swim under the ocean sort of be a mermaid but not mm -hmm. really also a super smart scientist and there'll be very cute dolphins who make the best little sounds and do tricks. This was before we knew SeaWorld was a terrible place, guys. <laughs> uh, we were children and dolphins were doing dope tricks and you could be their trainer and they would high five you if you fed them a fish. And it was really, we were living in a dream world. Uh, and I, I really think that's what separated and divided the camps is like you were either into the marine biology of it or you were prepared to live on a farm. I didn't like the smell of horses. At first I thought I might be a horse girl. But then I went to ride horses. I said, it smells awful here. <laughs> I hate it. Also, they were really tall and I was scared of heights. So horses were hard for me. My mom's a horse girl. She was disappointed. Uh, but I became a dolphin girl uh, very early. And then Lisa Frank introduced me to the snow leopard. And I said, is there a more beautiful creature on God's earth? There isn't. <laughs> There's so, snow so fluffy. Yeah, if I had to be in either horse girl or dolphin girl camp, it'd probably be dolphin girl as well because horses intimidate me. I'm thoroughly intimidated by horses. I 
can see the like they're so muscular and then they have really hard mm -hmm. nails for feet. And so they can just yeah. they could like hit you and permanently cave in your head. I do not find that peaceful. I find that intimidating. Whereas dolphins, I don't know. I guess a dolphin could drown you, but I don't think they typically do. Uh, I know that. Uh, also, we don't see that in our culture a lot. In, no. uh, in our dolphin media, typically dolphins are very kind, loving, sweet creatures, whereas horses are temperamental creatures in a lot of our uh, media. Like, they're, you're like, oh, you got to be careful because they're wild spirits. They might buck you off. You know, you got you to gotta be careful with a horse. My mom got kicked in the shin Oof. by a horse oh, when she was no. a teenager. So she has a permanent horseshoe imprint on her shin. No. She likes to think it's lucky. I said you were kicked by a horse in the shin. Uh, oh, man, the shin. I lucky. hate it when stuff happens to the shin because it's like one of the bones where it's like Ugh. right there. There's nothing. There's like a thin yeah. layer of skin and tissue covering mm -hmm. it, but there's no cushion. It's just a bone there. And I hate it. Yeah. I hate when I'm shaving my legs, I hate shaving over it because I'm like, that's there's a bone right there. Yeah. Like, it's not that it's far so delicate. to bone. Yeah. So, like, the idea of a horse kicking right, uh, I want to throw up. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that's it's, horrible. It's a lot. That's it's horrible. Lot. Um, it, it's so funny because I have like such a I have such a tolerance and love for weird, disgusting animals, spiders, snakes, everything. And then you're like, it, it's mm -hmm. like with horses. I'm just like. I don't know about horses, man. I, I like them. I like looking <laughs> at them. I, I respect them. That's the thing is like, I don't fantasize mm -hmm. about like, you know, being buddies with a horse because I'm too, I respect them too much for that. They they are thoroughly, to me, they are intimidating enough that I want to give them like a wide berth. Uh, but yeah, dolphins are not, yes. a, a, as everyone knows, like they're not the sweet peaceful creatures in terms no. of like other sea life they're they're predators and so they like to play around with their food they like to hunt and but you know in terms of their relationships with humans they generally do not pose any threat to humans they, they actually can be quite curious about humans and they can be quite friendly but the reason i bring up dolphins is i remember there were always these beautiful multicolored dolphins sometimes like these pink dolphins that lisa frank would draw and it turns out that Lisa Frank was not making this up. There indeed are pink dolphins. Uh, these are the Amazon River dolphins found in where else but the Amazon River. Um, <laughs> we have talked about these on the show before, but I mean, I think it's worth repeating information about pink dolphins as much as possible. I mean, look at how cute they are. Yes, they're so adorable i think popular media has really let us down by not featuring more of these pink dolphins uh you know we see a ton of i don't want to call them right like bottlenose dolphins i feel like are maybe the ones we see yeah the most your typical blue white belly looking thing uh and they're cute listen there's no dolphin shaming here i'm just saying <laughs> out in the world there's a light pink dolphin who constantly looks like it's smiling and a little bit high its eyes are very small uh, and who it's precious. I, I would protect it. It should be a mascot for several different teams. Uh, people should be fighting over the rights to be like, no, we're the pink dolphins. Look at how perfect they are. It's a sweet baby. It's I'm so funny. Her, it's so funny because we think of pink as this soft, uh, cute color, right? Like something that's pink is sweet and cute 
And of course, with our culture, some like in modern sort of like Western culture, pink is like a girly color. I'm not saying it is right. I don't I don't put that kind of right, right, baggage right. on colors because I think pink is everyone's color. Anyone can like mm-hmm. I don't I think it's weird to like limit what colors people can use. That's strange. But, you know, our culture is like, you know, girls, pink, girls, pink. Um the thing is, this pink for these uh, uh, Amazon river dolphins, also known as the Boto river dolphins, um, are a male characteristic. So, so the the pink is a male characteristic because uh, it is actually scar tissue as a result of fighting with other dolphins what? or with other creatures. And it's attractive to females because the more pink that they are from just this like frequent abrasion, because their tissue scars very easily. This is an evolutionary trait. And it will turn pink from all of this scarring. And so the brighter the pink from this skin irritation, essentially from from fights and shoving and roughhousing, is attractive to females. So this pink, basically, the pinker you are, the more like tough and aggressive you are and the more uh rough and tough from anywhere from like just serious fighting to just kind of rough housing with other dolphins so i was right they are the perfect mascot yes that's a, a bright neon pink dolphin mascot to be like hey we're ferocious we be fighting all the time and the ladies love us what about it like my god if i was starting a sports team tomorrow this would be my mascot Imagine the <laughs> imagine the mascots. <laughs> it's perfect, man. I I am actually imagining it, and it's it's really funny because like these are these dolphins also have also have really fat foreheads and long snouts. So it's just yeah, they, they already are very goofy looking. So in mascot form, with a human sort of awkwardly inside this like dolphin suit with the legs sticking out, perfect. Yes. Just perfect. I am obsessed with this little guy. He's so cool. <laughs> they also I love that his pinkness comes from fights. They are also drummers. So they will actually hold branches uh, or pieces of vegetation in their mouths and then beat the water with that to impress the oh. females. Um, and like I mentioned before, dolphins are not known for their kindness to other creatures <laughs> they will sometimes lift uh mm-hmm. live turtles up as a courtship display as a courtship display just because they're <laughs> they're kind of jerks but in a pretty cute way continuing on my mascot theme imagine everybody gets a like leaf-shaped tube so when somebody's if it's basketball someone's going to make a free throw this is how we use our distraction. We're just mimicking <laughs> the dolphin's drumming style as a form of intimidation. Uh, don't let us all whip out a turtle. It means it's over for you. It really, it truly means death. Uh, or we're about to enter a courting ritual. Either way, very, very dangerous time to be around us. I'm the pink seeing, dolphins. I'm seeing if anyone uses uh, this dolphin as a mascot. I don't see... I don't see any like sports teams that do. I mean, like I'm trademarking it right now and calling the <laughs> WNBA. Give me a team. Let's I mean, go. 
Indigenous communities do appreciate these dolphins. I wouldn't say it's like a mascot, but there's a lot of folklore about them. So like uh, Native Amazonian folklore uh, has stories about these dolphins transforming into a human and coming out of the water with like a hat on their head to disguise the blowhole. I just love that it's like amazing. It's like a transformation mermaid story, but like they keep the blowhole. Like they turn from a dolphin into a human, but there's no way for them to also get rid of that blowhole. Um, All good magical tales have consequences. You can never fully hide exactly. Your- true state of being yes it's kind of like with ai now like if they start making ai human clones you just look at the number of fingers that they have or the number of teeth that they have Mm -hmm. to find it out um also the they believe that they could turn into uh a beautiful woman who could uh seduce a married man uh and then uh after having sex with him turns him into a baby and then puts him inside his own uh, wife's womb. So, you know. Diabolical. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think that is, it, it's an interesting concept. It actually sounds like the plot of being John Malkovich, right? <laughs> I never understood the plot for being John Malkovich, so I'm going to take your word on it. I think it's, that yeah, I think it's sweet. a river dolphin played by Catherine Zeta-Jones, who, uh, you're right, like, and then she impregnates. Uh, yes. This is, I haven't seen this movie in so long. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Popular culture has given me a dolphin, and it gave it to me in the weirdest possible way. What? I have to go back and watch it being John Malkovich. It, it being John time. Malkovich doesn't actually have an Amazon River dolphin, but it does have Catherine Zeta-Jones and gosh, what's who's the other actress? They they fall in love, but then one of them gets pregnant with their own ex-boyfriend, kind of, or the ex-boyfriend gets trapped <laughs> inside their own baby, but is not in control of the baby. It's weird. It's very. It's a. It's a weird movie. I highly recommend it. But essentially, it's the same story. Diaz. It's the same story as this uh, folklore about this river dolphin, which in a kind of, in a certain sense, it's the same story. But, anyways, (laughs) uh, but yeah, they they really in real life these dolphins pose no threat to humans. They can't uh, transform you into a baby. Uh, but they don't do well in captivity, and they can't be trained. They are fiercely independent pink battle dolphins. They saw what happened to their cousins, and they were like, can't catch us. No, thank no, you. No. We will not conform yeah. to weird human ways. Yeah, free willy. How about screw you? <laughs> All right, well, we are going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, we are going to talk about bright, multicolored squirrels. 
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robey, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. iHeart Podcast Awards 2023 Podcast of the Year Las Culturistas with SNL's Bowen Yang and comedian Matt Rogers. There's stuff happening in 2024 that we really need to address. Pop culture and huge guests like the latest episode with Dua Lipa. The more I think about it, the more scared and nervous I get. Listen to the newest episode of Las Culturistas with Dua Lipa and all episodes on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Las Culturistas to start listening. So uh, I want to talk about the Indian giant squirrel, which has a um, beautiful coat. I have mentioned this before on other episodes, but again... It's a giant multicolored squirrel. I have to I have to give it another shout out during the Lisa Frank episode. So this is a um, they live in uh, tropical forests uh, in the uh, Indian subcontinent and they eat a lot of fruits, nuts. Uh, they are, you know, your typical squirrel, but. Uh, but they are about a foot long from their nose to their butt and then an extra foot for their tail. So they're about 60 centimeters total in length, which is about two feet. Um, And they are a a beautiful color combination. Joelle, can you describe this squirrel to the listeners? Sure. It sort of looks like an outfit Megan Thee Stallion would wear. (laughs) Uh, it's like a very dark navy blue on top and bottom. And then in the middle, it's like a beautiful mauve purple. It's not quite tie dye, but more like ombre switching from one color to the other and then back to the original. I also really appreciate the coloring on its face. If you're into the tie dye makeups, definitely inspired by this creature. I'm talking like purple eyeshadow, also purple lips but like pink maybe around the ears. Beautiful creature. Gorgeous. Yeah, its color coordination is really on point. It's kind of like jewel tones mixed with a few earth tones, which is very, very cool. Uh, I didn't realize, is there, there's a tie-dye makeup trend? Yeah, so there's, uh, if you're into maximalism, which I really am, um, a lot of folks are doing some very fun things with both like their lips and their eyes where you're putting on a bunch of colors like around the eyes or on the lips, sometimes both, and then blending it out to get like a tie dye effect. Oh my God. I'm looking at a picture of this. This is incredible. I like this. This is fantastic. I feel 
uh, blessed when I can do a wing that doesn't look like I just dragged a Sharpie across my face. So I could never <laughs> accomplish this, but this is that that's amazing. Yeah. Like just, it's, it looks like, cause it looks like they did the rainbow colors and then sort of like sort of dragged some kind of smudging tool to get that like tie dye swirl effect. That's really yeah, cool. My favorite effect is sometimes they'll tape a piece of string and like wind it up and make kind of loops Whoa. and then tape it to the other side. And so then they'll do the makeup over the string and then just remove the string. So you get skin color as sort of the white tie dye line. Sometimes people will use a white. Uh, if you did not come for the show for makeup, I'm so sorry. But here we are. Look, uh, use like a white eyeliner to sort of highlight uh, and make some cool color swishiness amongst all the colors. I, this show is all about how animals and humans aren't so different. And the fact that we love to <laughs> put color on our face. Animals also are these beautiful colors. Look, it, it's just, I think it's super creative and super awesome what people do with makeup. Can I ask you a question? This coloring is so bold and unique and i know it lives in the india subcontinent and there are very bold and beautiful colors in the forest there mm -hmm. uh but this guy sticks out like you would see him if he was <laughs> running around there's no butting in for this little dude is this is this specifically for mating is because it, it, can't, it can't be for hiding well that's what's interesting is that sometimes coloration to our eyes will look like something that stands out that could not possibly camouflage them but then to their predators because they have a different different types of vision like they don't have the kind of color vision that we have something like this like this blocky patchy coloration with a lighter underbelly and a darker top might actually uh, be harder to spot because like if you have a light belly and a dark top like if you have light coming in from a top source say like you're in a um a rainforest right and light is coming filtering through the leaves above um and so when you look up things are lighter and when you look down kind of like things are patchier and more like the shadow lights up mm. on them so something that has a light belly but then sort of a blocky darker top might actually be harder to spot especially if you're oh. if your vision does not process the same range of colors as human vision but it it can also be for mate selection, right? Like having having a lot of colors. Like you have this sort of a you have two needs that can be in conflict with each other: the need to not be eaten by a predator, but also the need to stand out and be noticed by a mate. So uh, having coloration that attracts conspecifics, like members of your own species, that you want to make. Uh, that you want to mate with can be advantageous, but it's balanced with not wanting to be spotted by predators. So sometimes you have animals who are um, brightly colored in certain ways, but also maybe their coloration is in certain sort of like uh, blocky patches so that it, it does somewhat break up the pattern of what shape they're supposed to be. Or they are really colorful and really conspicuous, but they have other methods of escape, uh, such as being able to fly away or speed away very quickly. Or they're really big, and so they don't have to worry about uh, predators. <laughs> Is that, I think, okay, I'm having a vague memory, so maybe I'm wrong or conflating things, but like, that's why zebras are colored the way they are, right? Like when tigers see them, it's like all 
green to them? Is that like kind of blend in with the grass with their black and white? So it's yeah, it's just right? so it's disruptive uh, coloration. So for zebras, they would mostly be concerned about lions, and for zebras, they're going to be in um, herds where they are, uh, you know, kind of blending in with each other. So the idea is it's difficult for a lion or even something like a mosquito to differentiate a individual and to be able to tell which direction they're going in it's there's something called mm. a uh, barber sh- barber shop or barber shop pole illusion it's like when you have the lines of the barber shop spinning around sometimes you could interpret it <laughs> as it going down or going up just depending on kind of how you totally. went or think about it and that could be the case with zebras where you have all these stripes and so it makes it not only difficult to know where one individual starts and another one ends, but which direction the herd is moving or which in each individual in the herd is moving. And then so for like, uh, that's one of the questions about why if, um, if tigers are so uh, brightly colored, right? They're orange and black. So to us, they just pop right mm-hmm. out. We can see them really easily or even like a, a leopard, right? Like they, they're so brightly colored, mm-hmm. wouldn't and they're ambush predators. Wouldn't their prey see them? Well, that has to do with the um, the way that the vision of most of their prey is, which is they they won't see so much the difference between oranges and greens, and so that orange and black uh, striped coloration or that orange and black kind of dotted coloration will look like sort of a dappled uh, light coming in. Uh, in the in the jungle or in the forest and sort of like just light dappled greenery essentially so they blend in really well but not to us humans uh <laughs> which is good for us <laughs> no, we can tell the difference between orange and green we can yes. see it clear off yes okay i definitely was conflating multiple stories in there no but Thank they're all very interesting down to the facts yeah 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 but you were thinking that is correct that that is the same thing that i'm talking about um, but yeah, speaking of, uh, sort of brightly colored, uh, little, little forest animals, uh, I, this is technically a bird, so it's not unusual for birds to be brightly colored, but the reason I'm bringing this one up mm-hmm. is it's a pigeon, which we're so used to Wait. the drab, boring pigeons of our cities. I actually love them, but a lot of people find them, you know, they're, they're gray, so they're not usually that interesting. Um, but these are rats of the sky. We used to call them in college. <laughs> yes, the 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 flying rats. I actually quite love pigeons, but they are. I wouldn't call them the most beautiful of birds. Uh, I we do no. actually get a lot of color variations here because most city pigeons are actually uh, descendants of domesticated pigeons, and so you actually do get like brown and white and you know black mm. sort of like pigeons that that have been bred specifically for their colors and then they're released into the wild and now or released out into the city and now you have this uh, feral pigeon population that has all these interesting colors but this one looks like it's a lisa frank pigeon if lisa frank ever drew a pigeon which i don't think she did but had she it would look like this it is like a (laughs) it's a pigeon that looks like it's made out of sorbet it's beautiful it does it does Guys, it has bright, hot pink feet. It does. Uh, so its shoe game is on point. Uh, 
Also, so many colors. Neck, one color, like front breast area, different color, head, different, multicolored wings and tail, vibrant, stunning. Uh, send it to New York Fashion Week. It's ready for its <laughs> close up. So these pigeons are related to our city pigeons. They are found in Southeast Asia. Uh, and both males and females are colorful, but more so the males, because females are more just kind of variations of greens and yellows, whereas males uh, are a variety of color. Their faces are powder blue. Their neck is wow. a lavender color. Their chest is orange. Their belly is green. Their back is olive green. Their w wings have these yellow stripes. Uh, and then under their tail is orange and their feet are hot pink. They are incredible. Truly a stunning bird. Uh, and there's a lot of competition for stunning birds, as we just discussed with the regular pigeons. You know, they look fine. Let's be real. They look fine. But when we're talking about freaking peacocks and yeah, I don't know, that whatever that one dancing bird in the Amazon is, uh, competition is stiff. This guy, uh, a class of his own, truly unique. Have never seen a bird that looks anything like this just from a color perspective. And it's strange, I think, because... It it does just look like a pigeon. Like yeah. If I had guess like what kind of bird this is, I would guess pigeon. It looks like a pigeon, it's, but just like a pigeon with incredible fashion sense. It's very pigeon coded because it is a hundred percent pigeon shaped, which is what's kind of interesting when you look at the whole dove family because pigeons and doves are the same thing. Any you look at any dove, you look at any pigeon, rock dove, rock pigeon, you know pigeons, everything they all. Mm are essentially the same shape, just that shape. Doves just have a better PR team. Doves just have a better PR team. They're like, oh, look at this pretty white yeah. dove. It's a symbol of peace. And then get away from me, you dirty pigeon. You can't have my fries. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this one is <laughs> <Use all. laughs> This one is so, so pretty. Um, it lives in uh, mangrove forests or in regular forests. Uh, uh, but they are similar to pigeons found in like the U.S. and um, I mean, all throughout uh, America and then also in Europe uh, because they are really good at adapting to urban environments. So like uh, in sort of farms or human uh, settlements or cities near where they live, uh, they can exploit these and they can find food on farms and in people's mm -hmm. gardens. Uh, they're, they're frugivores, so they eat uh mostly fruit uh and most of their diet is just figs they love figs and they're really good for oh, okay who doesn't love a fig well actually a lot of people don't i love was gonna figs. say can't blame them <laughs> those, those people are incorrect they are uh, not to be judgmental but yeah i when i was a kid i didn't snack, like figs, almost literally but i changed my mind well they're an adult taste for sure it's a, for it's sure. an acquired it taste because as somebody who didn't grow up with figs like when you first come across them you're like it's like a brown fruit that looks kind of wrinkled and shriveled up. And you're like, oh, maybe that uh, typically the foods I have had experience eating don't look like this. And so it's definitely like a learning curve. But once you start mowing on them, oh, my God. They're very so good. sweet. So tasty. So good in so many different things. They're uh, also like a baking tool. I remember learning when I was young that like sometimes wasps would like go inside of figs and complete their life cycle inside figs. So I was like kind of scared of eating them because I thought I was just going to find a giant wasp. But when I got older, I learned that while this is true, there are wasps that 
you know, uh, lay their larvae inside figs. They're tiny. They're teeny tiny, itty bitty, bitty bitty wasps. Not scary at all. So even, uh, even if just the a fig protein, it's just free protein. And they're like they're like ant sized <laughs> or even smaller. So like once you get to that size of an insect, if I eat it, I'm like, mm, it's garnish. So. Yeah, so these birds love figs, uh, and they're beautiful, and they're also very adaptable in situations such as volcanic eruptions. Uh, they have survived, their populations, maybe not specific individuals, have survived the eruption of Krakatoa in 1883. They were one of the Whoa. only uh, fruit-eating animals to uh, quickly return and adapt to the post-eruption islands. Essentially, as long as there's some figs somewhere, they can, they're fine. Like figs or some fruit there, they will go there and they will make it work. I didn't know pigeons were such good flyers. Like, obviously, I knew they could fly mm -hmm. or whatever, but escaping a volcano is in, and the like the lone survivors, that's some pretty serious flapping, which I would not have thought could happen in a pigeon. I mean, it's like, I don't know how well a pigeon could outfly like pyroclastic flow probably mm. not well but enough of them are going to survive an eruption right like get out of there in time that they're able to reestablish their population um but yeah they are they are good flyers they don't actually migrate so much but their uh flying is used for locating uh, figs and zeroing in on those figs and then eating <laughs> those figs. I didn't know it was going to be such a fig-heavy episode, but now I'm craving figs. I know, I right? I, I've kind of talked myself into wanting figs. You know, like, you know how the inside of figs are like, they have all those little nodules, like the little, yeah. I don't, like, just like it's a weird texture. It's kind of like, it's like a flower mm -hmm. that's folded in on itself. You know, like how like a daisy has those little um, little nodules. I'm bad at plant biology, so I forget what they're called. But uh, it's like essentially yeah. like that part of the daisy, that center part that's all bumpy, but folded in on itself. And it's a very specific kind mm. of fruit development, uh, which is actually why wasps use figs to uh, do their reproduction because there's like actually little, these little nooks and crannies that these tiny wasps can lay there larva in uh so it's it's uh you know figs are cool figs are very interesting and delicious Plus, they're rich in anti-inflammatory and antioxidants which i know is not a real thing but who cares it's a great excuse to eat more figs they are <laughs> so tasty and sweet y'all have you ever had figs on a pizza Ugh, next level it's a next i mean level. those things are real it's just like you're not, there's not, I don't really believe in like the superfood kind of thing where it's like, if you just eat figs, mm. you will never get cancer. That's just not how it works. Uh, <laughs> but they're healthy, right? Like a fig is going to be better for you than maybe like a Dorito. Not yeah, I bet they're beating the hell out of Doritos. Yeah. <laughs> Not to single out Doritos. There's nothing wrong with having a Dorito. I'm just saying, if you could choose between... There's no such thing as a bad food. <laughs> it's, well... It's probably not the healthiest food, a Dorito. I, I don't know. I don't know what damage a Dorito causes exactly <laughs> uh, to the body. 
Um, but I would say a fig is probably on average uh, better for you than a Dorito. Food science is wild, though. Like, it's so... It's very... Um, I have a lot of problems with, like, food science studies because they're all over the place, mm. man. You'll get, like, a study that's like, man, you should be drinking wine all the time, and it turns out it's because, like, France has a lower death rate, it, like, lower cardiovascular death rate. Yeah. And like, well, they drink a lot of wine, so maybe that's it. And it's like, guys, so that's, that's got to be it. That's not, like, <laughs> that's not good that's science, not good science. Dude. I just want y'all to know. Uh, there are probably many contributing factors. Yeah, uh, that go into this. I I appreciate the excuse to drink wine. What was the craziest one I saw yesterday? Oh, they were saying that staring at a woman's chest is healthier than like drinking a bunch of water or something. I was like, that cannot be true. That just what it's did just, they even uh, mean? I really it's... think sometimes, like, what does it even mean? Is a it was a German study, so maybe oh, we'll there, talk there you go. No, I, I don't know. I'm joking. I have nothing against Germans, but no, I mean it doesn't. That doesn't make any like. Obviously, you can't just stare at a woman's chest and not drink water for the no. rest of your life. You will die. I don't understand it's what they're trying to say. Works. Like it, like it's sti- like maybe it like helps you in the moment or so. Like maybe it increases a your heart rate in the moment. If you like boobs, which let's be honest, you doesn't. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like they're pretty great. They're 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 good. Like you know, but like if <laughs> I'm dying of thirst and you're like, would you like to see the best boobs in the world versus a glass of water? Glass I'm of water. still gonna I'm have gonna the glass, glass of, water. of water. Yeah. 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 Like unless I don't, I don't understand these no. things. Fellas, it's always something, but I will. <laughs> fellas, is it? Uh, is uh, do you guys think that you could not drink water? I shouldn't say just fellas. Anyone uh, of the sexual orientation to whom boobs is important, would you not drink mm. water versus looking at boobs? Write to me. Don't write to me about that. I'm joking. I don't actually want to no, hear about this. It. Is- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say I do save these studies when it's like helpful to me when they're like drinking coffee can save your life yeah I'll keep that in my back pocket so anytime someone's like are you sure you want a third cup of coffee I can be like listen this study yeah. I don't care where it's from or, or if it's real or not but it says that I should be drinking as much coffee as I can so I'm gonna do it I, I just I, who who am I to argue if it okay? makes you just feel a, good a plebeian that's I read something at some point that said that dark chocolate's good for you. And then like whenever it's like, yeah. oh, did you know those studies are actually around? Up, 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 I don't want to hear it. Dark chocolate. Good no. for you. That's the study said it. Study said it. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I, I read the most unhelpful uh, like article the other day that was just like coffee could either save your life or kill you. I'm like. That's literally everything. That's literally anything. It could well, we, <laughs> That's we water. Should, we should definitely figure out which one of those is the final answer. Right. That's not even a good hypothesis. Right. Like a great scientist would be like, you need to go back to the chart. Right. Water could either save your <laughs> either life kill or you kill you. Or save your life. Man, it's uh, <laughs> this the state of health report health uh, nutrition reporting is we need we need help. Anyways, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to quickly shift the topic to mandrill butts. Ooh. 
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. iHeart Podcast Awards 2023 Podcast of the Year Las Culturistas with SNL's Bowen Yang and comedian Matt Rogers. There's stuff happening in 2024 that we really need to address. Pop culture and huge guests like the latest episode with Dua Lipa. The more I think about it, the more scared and nervous I get. Listen to the newest episode of Las Culturistas with Dua Lipa and all episodes on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Las Culturistas to start listening. All right, so we're back. And, Joel, we are talking about Mandrill Butts, which does sound like a pornographic title, but it's it's this is it's animals. It's animals. It's just okay, animals. Okay. It's innocent. So not human males. No. It's, no drills involved, but lots of butts, yeah, apparently. It's not mandrill butts, but mandrill butts. All right? So. Okay. Mandrills are these amazing primates found in rainforests in West Central Africa. They are the largest monkey in the world. They're not apes. They are monkeys, even though they have, like, oh my goodness. a stubby tail. They're a short-tailed monkey. Um, uh, and they weigh over 70 pounds. So they're, they're big. Uh, they are a oh, big boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they are, uh, you know, in Lion King, the guy, uh, R- Rafiki? Rafiki, Rafiki. Yeah. It's Rafiki. This is definitely Rafiki blue and red nose, colorful butt. Yes. Uh, and so, uh, they are, they're all very striking and females are striking too. They have yellow beards, pink noses, and this kind of subtle blue blush, uh, along the grooves in their face. But the males are the true beauty queens. They have bright red noses, um, bright blue ridges along their, uh, cheeks and noses. They have yellow beards and rainbow butts. Uh, so females also have pink and blue coloration around their butts and genitals, but the males just have really, really vibrant butts with pinks and blues and even like lavenders. It's, it's quite, quite beautiful and stunning. So, okay. Again, I was taught all color on animals has some meaning mm -hmm. or drive or purpose. Uh, this to my human eyes, it looks like a target, mm-hmm. but we've already discussed not all animals see with the human eye view scope. So, but why a colorful ass? In this case, you are correct that this is more or less a target. Uh, there's a few functions for these bright butts, uh, social and practical. So socially, these bright colors <laughs> communicate things. 
They can even become more vibrant when uh, the individual is excited or agitated. Um, it oh. is attractive to females. Females find a really vibrant butt on a male to be attractive. Um, uh, it can. All. It can also signal dominance, both in their faces and their butts. The higher contrast between sort of the red and the blue hues, uh, the more respected, the more attractive, typically goes along with being more dominant, getting more mates and having a higher place on the social hierarchy. Um, but the practical reason that they have these bright butts is that when they are walking in these sort of dark, dense uh, forests, uh, these butts will stand out to the members of the troop behind them so it's easier for them to oh. follow each other and so it's kind of like you know when you're like on a tour guide and the, the tour guide has like the flag that they're waving and it's kind of a unique flag so you can see it and it's bright it's like that sure sure but a but a butt but a butt a mandrel but, a butt. but. okay I'm not mad at it the butts look <laughs> good uh it's giving psychedelic fur coat mm -hmm. which as we've already talked about lisa frank we love some psychedelics lisa frank should have done a mandrel but yes. older. uh the color scheme is very on brand for her uh monkeys can be cute mm -hmm. and sort of you know vicious like a dolphin but still adorable uh lisa frank if you're out here looking for new ideas the mandrel butt it's right there for you like your audience is all adults now we can handle a mandrel butt mm -hmm. you know you've already tackled crocs the ugliest thing known to man mandrel butts will be fine and you there's, made them cute wait, somehow there's somehow lisa adorable frank, there's lisa frank crocs like the shoe Oh my gosh! Yes. Okay. So, oh uh, friend of this podcast, Jamie Loftus, did oh, a love show Jamie. over the holidays. So I went uh, to be a part of it, and she came in with platform uh, Crocs that mm -hmm. were Lisa Frank branded. Where so does they have she these colorful leopard spots all over them, and they are fabulous. Okay, I just found them online. Incredible. Um, I'm speechless. Yeah. <laughs> they're huge platform shoes they're like uh, almost like high heels except even across the bottom right. so if you now it's were got this huge early 2000s chunky shoe huge pink platform that also looks functional right like it looks like it's got a lot of grip so i could be yes. like i could be using those in sort of a wet slippery situation um but it's uh -huh. a hot pink and then on top of that it's got the the, the sort of like classic croc thing but in those bright rainbow uh, Lisa Frank leopard spots. And it looks like it's bejeweled as well. Um, Crocs has these little tchotchke things that you can right. put in the holes that I can't remember what the they're slots. called. But yes, and they come with little animals. So you can get the classic leopard, which we love. Uh, I think they also have the panda. And if they don't have a dolphin, they should. Because Lisa Frank dolphins are synonymous with one another. I mean, I it's this is incredible. I just <laughs> the human ingenuity, right? But this is like, look, Honestly. we did not we did not evolve from mandrels. In fact, we're not very close relatives to them. However, we are all primates, and so you can't tell me that these bright Lisa Frank Crocs don't serve a similar purpose to the mandrel, but of establishing social dominance. I listen, and who would no one would dare call Jamie Loftus anything but dominant, right. 
okay? Uh, you can get a Lisa Frank five pack of gibbets. Gibbets? That's what the little charms are called. That's what gibbets. they went with? Gibbets? That's that's their choice. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> that's what they, went with. they do have a dolphin. I knew it. They also had the mm. Lisa Frank um, uh, logo and the alien in the punch buggy car and a unicorn jumping over a rainbow and a shooting star and kitties. Little kitties. Oh, man, these are so cute. I have a problem. I don't even own these Crocs, but I'm considering buying these gibbets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Man. To, you know, permanently establish my social dominance. I just learned today what gibbets are. And to make room in my brain, I've forgotten, like, another year of high school math to make room for this new concept of gibbets. <laughs> You'll never use it. This is much more valuable to you. Yeah, no, gibbets, I think, are going to be... It's going to probably, like, if society collapses, we'll start using gibbets as currency. Perfect. (laughs) Well, Joelle, before we go, we got to play the Mystery Animal Sound Game. Now, we have... My favorite part! This is, like, the first Mystery Animal Sound Game of the year because we came back from... Uh, winter break and then we had some uh, listener questions episodes and we had an interview so like this is the first like uh, OG style episode since uh, since December so we are this is the first uh, mystery animal sound game of 2024 Uh, if you guys remember the old mystery animal sound uh, from last year Uh, the hint was this. These are the best friends to have in a gorilla-style snowball fight. What are the little monkeys that live in the snow? And, like, I want to say Japan? It sounded like when my dog was a puppy, and it's making me very nostalgic. It's such a cute little sound. I don't know what it is, but I already love it. Please so be somewhere cute between a, it's somewhere between a dog and a snow monkey. Well, that is closer to the truth than you uh, may have realized, because this is actually an Arctic fox, uh, <gasps> kind of making this little this little like weird laughing sound as a way to communicate. Congratulations to Danielle B for guessing correctly. Um, this is actually one I believe that was rescued. Uh, so it is it lives with humans. And so when uh, it's human um, caretaker laughs, this little Arctic fox laughs as well. But the laughter is more uh, of a case of not as much a case of the giggles as it is a form of communication. Um, but yeah, Arctic foxes' coats change. So in the winter, they have this beautiful white coat that helps them blend in with the snow so that they can ambush their prey and hide from predators. So uh, you would never see them coming in a snowball fight. What a good little fox. Uh, <laughs> I would recruit them to my team immediately. So cute. Also, they are adorable. Adorable. So it's truly a win for all of us. The most fluffy little snow gremlins out there. 
Uh, and I love that when they, so they have an incredible sense of hearing, so they can listen for like little, little mice and voles and mammals that are deep under the snow. So you'll see them uh, kind of on the surface of the snow, listening, sniffing around. And once they've located some little mammal in their burrow, they'll hop up and then jump and like basically just face plant directly into the snow, like dive right in so that they can start oh, digging snap. and digging up the their prey. It is so cute. It's the cutest form of carnivore predation that I've ever seen. <laughs> I really appreciate that they are that dedicated to getting their meal. They said we could try to hunt it above ground. We could stay in our burrows and just attack them as they come. They said, no, we're going to wait no, here no. and watch them go in and then just dive like, first <laughs> after them. I mean, it's, it's tough. Space. It's tough in the winter because either a lot, some predators will uh, go into hibernation, right? And sort of mm. try to, try to uh, go into a state where they're not using as much energy so that they don't have to face this problem. But the, these guys uh, have developed a, an ability to hunt even in winter. Uh, and so it is quite amazing. All righty. Yeah. So now on to the next mystery animal sound. Um, Yay. The hint is this. These Canadians think you're a hoser. Okay. Interesting. All righty. Do you have any guesses? Okay. Again, two very disparate guesses. I... But first, I was like, oh, it kind of sounds like a Canadian goose. But then it's like, I hear like a lot of shuffling on the ground. It sounds like sticks and snow. And I'm like, is it like a, a deer of some kind? I know these are very far apart animals. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, but is it a goose? Is, is it a deer or somewhere in between? We'll find out on next <laughs> creature feature. Joel, thank you so much for joining me today. Where can people find you? Thanks so much for having me back, Katie. This is always a blast. I really appreciate you indulging my Lisa Frank love. Uh, Y'all can find me all over the internet at Joel Monique. That's J-O-E-L-L-E-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E. And thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you think you know who is making the mystery animal sound, you can write to me at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com. You can also write to me your questions. I do answer listener questions. Uh, and I also appreciate photos of your pets. Do not email me about that question about whether you can stare at boobs instead of drinking water. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Uh, and thank you to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exo Lumina. Creature features a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I don't know, I don't care, and I don't judge you. See you next Wednesday. Alrighty. <laughs> the Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council.